0: This is it. This is Bleeding Edge podcasting right here. (sighs) Two old stalwarts. (sighs) Dearly gathered, dearly gathered. Two old stalwarts of the industry. Here I am, surrounded by various Nintendo-themed plushies, games lining (laughs) the walls behind me like a true retro podcaster, and you're there with some weird modern art.
1: (laughs) <laughs> it's not, it's not. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> Phil. Oh. How's it Phil? All right. I, yeah, good. Uh, <laughs> <it's>, um, <laughs> so today today we're gonna to talk about retro, right? Don't we talk retro, about that every
0: time? It means to us? It's a bit of a lame excuse for a podcast, yeah. isn't it?
1: What should we talk about? Retro. Yeah, well we right. did that every other week. Let's do it again. And what does it what does it really mean to us? And what I does... don't know. Well, that's that is,
0: that's why I, I I think we're we're very different and went off in different directions as far as coming to the end of what we normally talk about. We, a lot of what we've been talking about is spectrum, and we we both established yeah. that we were we were there from the beginning of the of the spectrum yeah. days, uh, or even even Commodore. I had the Vic Twenty. Yeah, we we both remember loading games from blooming tape and the joy of moving on to actually plugging games in, you know, cartridges and um, yeah. what
1: have you. Yeah. So I, rem- I remember all those things. And I, then I've gone on from, from Spectrum, Mega Drive, PlayStation, Commodore Amiga, PC, Xboxes, all the latest yeah. consoles. So I've, I've continuously kind of played, but I've not, uh, in my adult life, not had the time to really be what people label as a gamer, no. I guess no. anymore. But it was it was that heyday in what when people now call like retro. Maybe maybe we'll come on to what we think is retro. But uh if we talk about Spectrum and the reason we talk about our, our Spectrum days, which didn't when we started the podcast, didn't really just mean ZX Spectrum. It meant like the Halcyon days or the our. Memories, our days, yeah. right? We, we were so young, carefree nerds, I suppose, at least me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was one of the cool kids. I wasn't a nerd. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 I, and I guess that time, like, you know, for playing video games from about 10 to 22 ish, uh, was when I just had time before I started yeah. to work. That was when we had yeah. time and no pressures in life. Um, it's funny, you think you have pleasure, pressure, pressures. I mean, my son's 16, so he's sort of going through the exams yeah. kind of thing. And uh, But that kind of – and I, those are pressures, I, I suppose, when you just look back now and you think they were, it was nothing compared to adult life or whatever. But at least, let's say, even between before that, 10 to 15, 10 to 16, those years, they, they were just – you know, we just had spare yeah, time right yeah. you'd be out playing football down the street and and spectrum when it was raining or you know too too late or when you didn't want to go outside and and you could just play a game and and those are retro but then i guess there's the indie kind of gaming the whole aspect of making games look like retro games now yeah, the whole eight yeah, bit yeah, yeah. aesthetic the pixelated yeah. aesthetic. Yeah. So there's that bit to it. And then there's like the retro, like people really being collectors and getting into those old games. So I, I, I've got my memories of the 80s, 90s. For me, that's kind of like my thinking of retro. But you, for example, are more of a collector, yeah, yeah. right? I mean, so what do you think? Well, it's interesting that you sort of, yeah, I mean,
0: you've split retro it, it up into its, its relevant parts, I suppose, really. I and mean, there is retro just in, in thought what we've been talking, as you say, remembering days. But those are retro times. I suppose retro as a word just means anything that's from the past. I suppose in a very sort of basic well, yeah, the,
1: terms. Well, well, from its from the word being in retrospective, yeah. right? Retrospective yeah. thinking. So, of, yeah, of th- thinking back
0: to a time. And yeah, I, I, I mean, as you say, our, our name spectrum days. Just that that halcyon period of as you say having time to play games i mean it's interesting hearing you say that because in a lot of our reviews particularly of the spectrum games you've often gone oh oh my god did we really play this you know if it was some, particularly there's some more difficult <laughs> obscure spectrum games which seems to be about 90 percent of them um it's interesting you've sort yeah. of contradicted predicted yourself by, by by confirming yeah, yeah it is it, just that we had the blooming time <laughs> to put into playing yeah. that that terribly difficult spectrum
1: <laughs> limited game you know yeah but then when you look but when we play them today they just seem to be games that you wouldn't spend hours playing at, le- at least the ones that we looked at so far the kind of more arcade action
0: games
1: yeah. we haven't really we haven't covered any of the adventure games
0: no i must admit we've we, no yet. we haven't really not even the sort of isometric i don't know batman or head over heels or you know even those sort of more advanced platformy style games
1: Yeah, well, you know. and, and 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 then the other games like valhalla hmm. lords of midnight uh those yeah. kind of the text-based yeah, adventures. Yeah. Um, Which did go on for hours and hours. Games, I mean, they, they were big. Yeah. yeah. So, like, today looking at it, I think, you know, how could I have spent hours playing a Spectrum game? For sure, as we moved on to, like, the Amiga, then, yes, there were more in-depth hmm. games. Um then the playstation for example that yeah there would be more in-depth games and of course the pc Mm. so getting into my late teens i can imagine well yeah you could play a long gaming session or even if it even if it was like with friends even when it's like things like mario kart or the, the the football games um but the spectrum ones the ones we play now you think wow how did we how you know, why would we, why <laughs> <laughs> would we, and I think there was this, and I think we've touched on it quite a few times. It was, well, one, we'd never, ever seen anything like that no. before. I mean, when we played Saboteur, it was like, now you kind of think, oh, wow, all these ideas that came from Saboteur into these yeah, new yeah, games, yeah. or Turbo, um is it is it Turbo Spree Challenge, or... um I can't remember what the games by like Dural as well with the way you're driving a car through through the streets. I know just read recently, like oh, you know, a pre, you know, an early kind of idea of how almost like how Grand Theft Auto turned out, right. right? You know, you're driving through the streets. You think you know, without these games, without these stepping stones, these great huge games that exist mm. now, you know, they, they they needed these games to come first, right? The people creating these um, concepts and ideas yeah. and and things. Um, But So we'd never seen anything like it, but then there's this other concept of like, were the Spectrum games so almost empty canvases that they would just give us a guide and then our imagination would fill in the rest?
0: Yeah, I I, I think it's interesting... As you were saying that, I was thinking. Well, yeah, of course. That question of retro—it's probably an easier question for art to answer for somebody probably like your son, or anyone who's I don't know between that age, teenage age, and probably early, early later twenties, which is probably still the sort of majority age group that play games. I'm guessing, and probably still men. I know a lot more women, girls play games now, but I'm, I'm guessing it's still that sort of teenage to 20-something men are probably the predominant players of games. I suspect if you ask them what's retro, certainly with regards to gaming, obviously you could retro could be referred to anything, it could be He-Man figures or whatever it is, it's probably going to be easier for them to narrow it down. Because as you just said, we were there when these things were developing. We were there when the ZX Spectrum was the thing, was the current, was the new thing. It was the Xbox Series X1, XX1, whatever the hell the new one's called now. You know, that, that it, it was the latest thing. So I think it, it's harder for us to really pin down what retro means i mean you, you said earlier on almost like off the off the cuff about me being a collector is that retro my what is what i'm collecting retro or does me being a collector come under that does that well, is that retro anyway just because i'm collecting stuff from the past you know retro retro could well, sort of mean
1: anything couldn't it and, and, and you know well we have jokingly said that it's it's antique collecting right <laughs> yeah. i can't remember you you i think you said that antiques how old does something have to be to well, be an wasn't, antique? It,
0: wasn't it oh well, it used to be it was sort of 100 years old oh, okay i think well i think there's still there's still a few years back, ago, in, back in the 80s if, when we used to sit there and watch um antiques roadshow i'm sure <laughs> i'm, <laughs> fairly, I'm <laughs> fairly sure
1: that was what they said well, but, It's an interesting thing. I've been kind of thinking about this as well. The history of video games, right? So people are collecting these things and um, it's good that you, um, you know, you've got your collection of Nintendo and you've got, but I think it's good to have this, the spectrum collection. And there's obviously a lot of people working in the whole retro spectrum scene and they are documenting and, and make, and, uh, you know, there's the emulators online. I think this—that's all important work because, um, I think there's there's a quite a lot of history has been written about video games where the Spectrum's completely written out because it's written from a US centric yeah. yeah. point of view. In fact, I think for us, we probably don't understand because Spectrum was such a big thing in the UK that for us it was a yeah. huge thing, but it just was just didn't make a mark at all in the US. No. And if people and if we weren't careful, then it will be wiped from history in a way because the US centric um, uh, the view of it, it yeah, bit, it's just, just more documentation, right? Yeah. yeah, the more view, the view of it. Um, I mean, the only the, 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 the funny flip side to that
0: is that, of course, that we ended up not having a video games crash, which is what happened yeah. in America. Yeah. Because what we then, of course, yeah. was the bedroom coders, which that word really only applied or came from the large amount of people over here that were could afford to buy what was a ridiculously cheap item, the spectrum. You know yeah. that was the whole that was Sinclair's raison d'être was to create an affordable machine, and you yeah. know, I think how compact yeah. it was. You think I know it's not the easiest thing to type on or code on. <clears throat> But it was it was tiny. You look at it now; it's, it's like yeah. it's like a small laptop. You know, it's it's an incredible yeah. thing, which which meant that kids could yeah. have them in the bedroom. They could sit under it could go underneath the television or wherever it needed to go. You know, there was no you you didn't not sort of need a desk for it, or it wasn't like it wasn't like the BBC. It was a great big hulking thing. It was about ten times the size of the forty eight. You know, I think there was a, there was such a huge difference, and, and we ended up with a computer industry over here of games making, like the people who make GTA. You know, it's one of the yeah. biggest companies and one of the biggest games ever. You know, is it GTA Five? Is sort of still going, isn't it? They've only just re- recently hinted that the new one's coming out. I know GTA Five has been like going for like six years or something ridiculous
1: yeah i think there were there were some leaks i think there were some leaks and there will be a new version um but yeah yeah i mean it was so influential in in the uk but i like us, like i say i think in the in the us centric um books written about the history of um of video games it it doesn't make it hardly makes an appearance right, right? and it's it's interesting i one of my first um Jobs. Um, uh, I was working in the telecoms industry, and we had um, there was a platform called MoFun, which was one of the first um, down where you could download and execute games on uh, a series of Sony Ericsson devices at the time. There was iMode from Japan, I think, um, and I'm thinking there was another uh, there was another um, platform. I can't remember the name of, but anyway. That's a kind of like Mofa and that's kind of a a period of games for a couple of years. There was games released for those devices, and that's kind those of disappeared because devices. there's no. Yeah, yeah. So there's, but so there's none of those. I, I did an admin I mean, for them. <laughs> I,
0: I was in. I was really? in an advert. Yeah, I was in an advert because that that was when I was involved in the circus world, and they had a they had a series of people doing things that were in silhouette. Gosh, that sounds rude. Doing things in silhouette <laughs> that were part of that part of the advertising that were downloaded to the phone as like a sort of phone advert for that. Uh, so somewhere is it, somewhere is there's footage of me uh, juggling five rings as part of the advertising for that in Silhouette. How bizarre. Sorry, carry on. That's a strange game. We were both working (laughs) for the
1: same people. That's a bit weird. Well, uh, well, uh, you know, so what I was trying to get at was kind of because that was for a platform, a mobile platform, which, you know, mobile phones came and and went, um, those kind of games... Have di- kind of disappeared, right? But as a, it's a bit like saying, a, you know, what happens to a book? Because it's, it's a bit of a hist- bit of history that just mm. sort of disappears. And you can say, well, you know, they were only games or whatever. But what did they? What did they mean for the culture of the time? Maybe MoFun was a was a bit different, but like Spectrum was such such an important time. And I wonder what you know will people just read about it in the next in another 40 years time you know what happens to all the, this history and what happens and how important that was to mm-hmm. us and then, and I think it's also important because it will never will it ever happen again game because those games like you say they they were accessible people could code one game themselves right you'd have games which were the artist the coder and even sometimes the music might even just be the same guy same person um you know a whole creative kind of almost creative freedom within within the constraints but they had to look for they had to be inventive within those constraints right um but it but also that feeling of there was so, such, like I said before, there was such an empty canvas that how much was our imagination being played? How much were we using our imagination then in combination with the game? Whilst now, as you get closer and closer to realism or mm. whatever, your imagination doesn't kick yeah. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You're, you're, you're not using So, Funny enough, our game's less immersive now. Wow, that's interesting. I mean, I I mean,
0: you only got to look at the box art, haven't you? Of um, I say, like Atari two thousand six hundred games. I mean, good lord, you know, you'd have a thing with a fantastic dragon flying across the sky and a castle underneath and a damsel screaming out of the window and a guy on horseback Mm. coming to rescue her. You know, and, and when you plugged in the game, it was a blob going along a line with a slightly larger blob that might be green. That was, that was the dragon. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: (laughs) But, but I can, I, you know, I, I mean, I've obviously been influenced. um, I mean, we've been thinking and talking about these things and I think we've touched on, on them as well. Like, you know, what were we thinking when we were playing this? And it was, like I said, it was the first time we'd ever seen it. We were using our imagination and, if you programmed a little some of the things seemed achievable whilst now you play a, <laughs> triple a game and you it was a team of <laughs> yeah, a team yeah, of yeah, 400 yeah, yeah. people and a, you know millions and millions of yeah. budget and it's like that's not yeah. achievable yeah, for yeah, one yeah, person yeah. but when we were even when we were 10 12 or whatever you could you would get a magazine you could code some things in and you could see okay yeah i could see how this mm. is done yeah. right you 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 could if you if you're into it but i've been i've been reading um online i found this article called um, filling in the gaps creative imagination and nostalgia in zx spectrum gaming by will brooker at kingston university uk this was back in november 2021 um so that idea of like filling in the gaps i I'm, I'm not I think I think I've been thinking in yeah, those ways yeah. over these episodes, but the, but but Will Brooker here has clearly like identified and done that as a as a proper academic study, interviewing spectrum owners and and going through that, and it, and it seems to be a theme that comes up again and again, um, of us just being back in those days, confronted with these you know small sprites, empty screens, and then just using our imagination to fill fill the rest mm. in um and I, I it's almost like if you're reading there's reading and there's, and there's reading right so if you're reading twitter all day and reading people's thoughts and seeing little video clips that's not create. when you read a novel it's kind of creative because you're you're creating those images in your in your mind whilst the other whilst there's the snippets on twitter is like telling you what that you know you just consume mm. it you don't Use your imagination. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is like, and, I, and I wonder if, like, the game gaming now, they're thrill rides. They're, th- they're thrill. They're, 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 like, theme park thrill rides. But how much do you play, does your imagination, I don't know. It's slightly, I guess it's different. But, um, but yeah, even, even in this article by Will Brooker, he also talks about, um, he talks about, this idea of um, pretext, um, no uh, paratexts. paratext, and paratexts. paratext, yeah, paratexts.
0: From the so it he says
1: here, um, yeah, uh, no, we can call the supplementary materials that in literature would include the cover and preface, and in this case included not just cover art and promotional uh, boasts, but a map. And a scene setting poem, mm, he was talking mm. about a particular game um, there. So, uh, Avalon, I think oh, he was talking yeah. about. So, uh, but that, yeah, so the, so the para texts, and we've talked about this on the um, other episodes, right? Of buying the game in Menzies. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, in his whole article, he's interviewed people and they say the oh, same really? things as, us, as they think. In 199. He talks about, yeah, he talks about, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he talks about um, a, a guy who actually has got his own podcast as well um, and and had written on his own um, uh, for uh, retro gaming discussion show, um, Gordon King. And he and he's in Scotland, but he's talking about going to yeah, Benzies yeah. with his dad and his dad getting bored saying, yeah, come yeah, on, pick, pick one, yeah. pick <laughs> one. And he ends up, <laughs> <laughs> ends up picking Avalon in this case. Um, so, you know, it was, we've got all, so we've got these shared memories, this yeah. nostalgia. So that's, I guess the other element of retro is that this a of people wanting to reminisce for that, that, that period ta- of time in yeah. their lives and the nostalgia yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to know really more about how nostalgia works, you know, what, what, what it triggers in your mind. And, and, um, yeah, cause there's, there's clearly a lot of people well, not enough people because not enough people listen to our show. But, um, <laughs> people are into retro gaming, right? So,
0: yeah, it's interesting how it was the, the zeitgeist, doesn't it? I, I I certainly feel there was a it was a easier perhaps to get into it then in the. Well, games were one ninety nine, and they were on every doorstep. Yeah, you, know, you sorry corner shop. I shouldn't say doorstep. They came to your house like the milk. Um, they, they were every <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> they <got> the- <laughs> a copy of Super Ten. Um, yeah, no, it was on every every shop, every news agent had a, a carousel on the desk of, of one ninety nine tapes. You know, it, it was it was ubiquitous. It was cheap. It was. It was, it was it was very Thatcher's Britain, you know. It was a sort of very sort of um, affordable sort of uh, ch- entertainment for the masses kind of thing, which now, you know, now – and, oh, well, I, I'd said from the sort of 90s onwards, it all became, you know, 40, 45, 50 quid a game on your console. You weren't – it wasn't quite the same –
1: well, again, until until the mobile yeah. phone came out, yeah. until, until – because like you were saying about the demographic of mostly being, you know, boys or whatever back in the 80s with a spectrum, um, you know, maybe, you know, that was the patriarchal system of – Saying that it wasn't for for girls, and that the dads, well, my, my the, sister know, would attest to that parents. from
0: at school that that you it was rare that you were allowed in the the computer room or allowed access to the computer because school you know you'd be lucky if there was one computer per room certainly it's got well, primary school. when right, right. the bbc came out i mean there were computer rooms you're lucky if you had one bbc you... and i remember i can hear her saying the boys
1: won't let get near it they all crowd round it you right. know what i mean girls i think were pushed out but if you look if you look at it now that the, the um, demographics of what one what what is gaming yeah so like so when 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 then Candy Crush and um, these kind of puzzle games mm. came out then for the mm. mobile phones, well there was two things. One that, that that's now created the, the demographic is completely di- you know, now it's men, women, different ages mm. as well. It's not games were like hardcore gamers. There was a period with like the PlayStation and the PC. I mean to get games running on the PC, you kind of needed to know what you are doing. Oh, yeah, you did it need to be a bit nerdy to have the right setup, and, right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah. And so then the mobile phone, and you got the demo, democratization, Ooh. I can never say that word, uh, of, of the free-to-play. So people hate free-to-play. A lot of people, like, complain about free-to-play in, within the gaming world. But, you know, that does give you free games, of course you have to pay for them via in-app purchases and and then you can get into the whole debate of um, the morals of loot boxes and the mechanics that they've got that people end up spending money Mm. etc but a candy crush game you could have just kept playing for free as long as you didn't mind you know once you've lost your three lives that day you'd have to wait x number of hours to to be able to come back or you buy some in-game currency mm. to keep going right so so talking about accessibility games suddenly became more accessible and now you've got xbox for example you pay a monthly subscription you yeah 15 about 15 dollars yeah. i think i don't know how much it is yeah. in pounds but you get you get all the games you could ever have yeah. time to play if you don't need to have the latest, greatest release on its first day out, you've yeah. got plenty of games, I think. Um, so um, So games, yeah, there was a period where you needed to be a real hardcore gamer to get into mm. games, and I think it's kind of come out of that now, the other side, and, and games are just everywhere, and there's just different forms. If that's someone playing Wordle yeah. to relax at the end of the day, or if it's a kind of My Young or a Candy Crush Match 3 type game, to um, to then having an Xbox at home or a PlayStation and, and playing, you know, the latest Street Fighter or Call of Duty. I think it's just a lot more. But then you don't get, well, we were talking just the paratexts. You don't no. get uh, hardly no. any of that. You, you'll see no. some trailers. We wouldn't have seen – we didn't see trailers. We just saw a Bleh. box, and we bought the game, and we sat in the back of a dad's mm. car. We – took the cellophane off open the box read the instructions yeah. maybe like it said there was a map or something in there and it gives you this extra context yeah. around a game and your imagination's already kicking mm. off and then you get home and it's just like this you know a blob tiny little sprite on screen <laughs> <laughs> and you had to fill in yeah. the gaps yeah
0: yeah no i think they uh they, i think they had to really i think I mean, certainly a lot of companies in the end realized that that was what was selling games. The more rubbish that you could put in the box, the <laughs> better. Stickers and,
1: you know what I mean? It became a thing <laughs> well, to do. I really, I really wish I still had my Shadow of the Beast t shirt. Do you know, I remember that, I I remember that being
0: released with it. They, that was a, that, particularly with, the Amiga, the, big with the, the Amiga, they did that quite a bit, didn't they? I think they, I think they might have done that with Xenon yeah. and I seem to remember something else
1: yeah i i had it came in a big wide box i think um and i had a um yeah a shadow of the beast t-shirt shadow of the beast was totally sold on they had 16 levels of parallax scrolling and uh, amazing flute music Um, it was just like a demo though wasn't it you just looked (laughs) left
0: and right and that was about it
1: (laughs) It's more basic um, than our
0: favourite um, altered beast. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Really, I mean, that was that was one of those games that got ported over as well. And I think that made it onto the Mega Drive and things like that.
1: Just because, just because of how it looked. Um, yeah, it's funny because. Uh... I think I still loved it. I mean, I think it was basic I think it really, really, really was yeah. basic, but I just loved the music. Just and I can even remember sh- probably putting it on and showing other people and saying, Look at the look yeah. at those well, the parallax. Yeah, scrolling. At me. I mean, I, I remember I remember seeing it. I think it was being it was one of those games that got
0: demoed in, you know, Curry's or Dixons or it would be on the Amiga in the in the shop. Yeah, you know, that would be one yeah. of the ones they'd put on. It was either that or one of the demo discs. It would be um oh, what was the M- more famous of the demo sort of rave type demoy discs that were on. Oh, I can't, or, I can't yeah. you know, you know the whole demo scene. You know, it would either be that or, or yeah. yeah, Shadow of the Beast that they they'd put on because it looked amazing. Yeah, but that was, was that crossover but, of what we're yeah. talking about between a, a game having to yeah use your imagination and the box art is the best looking thing about it and then the game started looking better than the box
1: art you know it's it's
0: it is it's it's
1: very very different that is very different yeah but are you um yes we kind of alluded that you do collect i do collect yeah you do have i do i sort of
0: don't know why (laughs) <laughs> I sort of don't know why. I think it's partly because it, I sort of always have, I've always been surrounded by it. And as I mentioned in the podcast before, it's what I used to do for a living. So I literally have spent my life from the age of 16. Uh, well, prior to that as well, when I was just playing games, but then from 16 working, selling yeah. them, I've been in a room with shelves yeah. with games on.
1: Yeah,
0: Literally my entire adult life has been with with you know it's so funny seeing (laughs) now particularly now youtubers that's that's become the thing that you have to do if people could see us now apart from you who's in your area with a bit of artwork behind you i would just look like any other youtuber (laughs) (laughs) with shelves full of names no other it's so funny no other youtuber has those curtains no, no, no. <laughs> I point out the curtains I've got are the original curtains I had as a kid. I mean, that's how bad it is.
1: You know but what I mean? Funny. It's true. It's funny, you've, you've replicated your safe space, right, from the, the shop then. Yeah. right? Rather than, rather than, like, rejecting it, you kind of recreated this, yeah. It's ridiculous. But then, yes, because you've got, yeah. you've got, like, you know, a, a man cave then, kind of. You've got your own safe space where you've got all your games, <laughs> your nostalgia, yeah. whilst i've moved house and country and different type of houses many many times and i'm no, no i'm no longer you know i don't have much and i still got too much junk like three i don't know how many you know just I, i've got your retro stuff yeah. here <laughs> exactly. i'm actually storing mm. chris's stuff <sighs> in my house uh, do you still have all the warhammer stuff the role-playing games yeah yeah i got all your 2000 ad stuff i got the lot <laughs>
0: yeah you I got your d20s your <laughs> d16s oh
1: i bought some d20s like what you've got a load there, here i bought uh, I, I bought some i don't know how long ago that was a couple of years ago and i don't know why I mean, I don't play role exactly, playing games. Exactly. Exactly. Why do we do it? I couldn't get my son into the kids. They just think that's totally nerdy role playing games. Of course, drag. Dun- surprised Dragons. You Even tried. They're not they're quite interested in. I think it's amazing for your edu- for your for, for your imagination. I just think it's amazing that, that and that. Yeah, maybe that's why that this article has you know resonated with me. This filling in, using your imagination, filling in the gaps. And that's why they say, you know, about like being bored, right? You, it's difficult to be bored. When we were kids, it was easy to be bored, right? There was things that, yeah. they, you know, everyone who, if anyone's listening to this, they're, they're our age, so they know exactly what we're talking about. But yeah. Three in, just in case, channels. just in case, in a hundred years' time, someone like extracts this as some sort of, <laughs> for ah. some sort of historical document. You Know hello, future people, future people. Yeah, when we were kids back in the 80s, you know, so <laughs> eight, 10 years old, 84, 1980, 1984. Just so you're clear. Yeah, um, there was what an hour and a half, two hours of kids' TV in the afternoon. Yeah, we had three lucky. or four channels um three three channels tv channels that is um yeah so now a kid just television channels don't even exist anymore There's no such thing it's difficult to be i mean of course you're bored but you just fill the bored time in with anything that's going on like social media staring at your phone exactly staring at your phone
0: yeah i'm doing it now i i leant over to turn my phone on the moment i said staring at my phone well that's
1: right i mean you would be what were we doing when we were loading a spectrum game so loading a spectrum game might have taken five minutes you weren't like flicking you weren't looking at your ph- nowadays you would load it and you'd be looking at your phone and next thing you know it'd be half yeah, an hour totally. gone and you've just been reading a load of stuff that doesn't affect you um, yeah and
0: it's been on the 1p 2p yeah, screen. Waiting.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> waiting for you to press the button. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You work out where the keys are. Um,
0: <laughs> Just hammer every button until something happens. Yeah. So um oh, damn, it's on Kempston
1: joystick. Damn, damn, <laughs> damn. <laughs> you know, I think. Yeah, I mean, oh, gee, yeah, that's right. Uh, at the risk of sounding like an old person. It's yeah, the times have changed, and um yeah, I, yeah, I don't know what were we saying. I've forgotten.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like a good time to end it. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to the point in the podcast, everybody, where we don't remember what we're talking about. Well, I hope you. I hope you all enjoyed that. (laughs) That was us talking instead of talking about a game for a change. Do you want us to do more of this? If so, let us know what sort of thing you want to hear us talk about. There's plenty from back in the day to talk about. Um, Yeah, uh, that was was Chris. I'm Phil. Uh, This has been Spectrum Days, the uh, channel that ruins our childhoods by
1: remembering that that
0: was the only time we were happy
1: (laughs) (laughs) happiness was owning a thermal printer for the zx spectrum so we could talk talk about thermal printers maybe and for the game boy did you have a a light a light pen a pen i had a pen for the spectrum too as well if i remember rightly oh good lord oh yeah crikey well well stories for another day yeah yeah right
0: well do like subscribe and all that other stuff and uh if you are the people from the future uh please come and get us because we don't like it here and um, please rescue us <laughs>